0: when a Talmud of mine tells me that he intends to go into the field of medicine or dentistry I often cite a Gemara in Masech with which I'd like to open this evening the Gemara tells us that Tanis Tatanis from a base it was a doctor his name was Abba Umna the medicine of the time was rather primitive, primarily bloodletting. More tells us that every day he receives greetings from the heavenly tribunal, Misipsa the, the Rakia. Whereas his contemporaries, Habaye and Rava, were not so fortunate. Habaye receive these regards every Friday. And rubber only once a year in Arab Yom Kippur. So naturally Abayeh felt, hey wait a minute I'm Abayeh. To this day we're learning about Abayeh of and the Gemara. Who ever heard of Abba Umna? Why is it that he is continually receiving these daily regards from Shemayim and I Abayeh only once a week, and rather once a year. So the Gemara says they told him, "Lomotis You cannot match that which Aba Doctor Aba is doing. Why? Did he have an milsa when he was letting the blood of the patients? For purposes of Tzni, Rashi explains, he separated the men from the women. What this means was, he had a certain special kind of a garment, or maybe kind of a gizmo. When a woman patient would come to him, Havimal ki that he would wear this garment or this uh, whatever he would use so he should not see more of the body of the woman doing that that was absolutely necessary while he was practicing his medicine and what this means in means in the global sense is that the opportunity for a physician to be Hashem to thank for the name of Hashem specifically in His Zihirus in His care in these sensitive matters male-female patients <coughs> presumably in the time of the Gemara most of the physicians were male and they speak there about female patients today I think in medical school I'm told that about half, maybe more than half of the entering students are female I'm not sure what the statistics are in dental school, they're perhaps similar so that's why the title of my talk was changed the last minute, male-female because this obviously applies in both directions for for male dentists and for female dentists to be so careful in these areas as a matter of fact the Tzitz Eliezer in Chelech Ches says that some of the leniencies that apply to physicians taking care of female patients may not even apply to a female physician taking care of a male patient It could be even more strict So we have to be so careful in this sensitive, sensitive area some of us remember some of the scandals that uh, a few decades ago when there were certain dentists that were putting their patients to sleep and doing things which shouldn't be done Rahmanul Islam and um, I won't go into the various names of who those dentists were if your name sounds Jewish you have to be even more careful not to lead to achil Hashem there are a number of excellent works that I recommend to you for details about these concerns I brought with me the magnificent compilation called Nishma Avram by Dr. Abraham in which this is discussed in two separate places in Evan HaEzer Simen Aleph and And in Yerodea Simen Kuf I would also highly recommend the beautiful encyclopedia by Dr. Steinberg, recently translated by Dr. Fred Rosner. Uh, also quite a remarkable uh, piece. Uh, what shocked me in in, in preparing and reading that piece was nothing to do with with dentists was the incredibly high incidence of these type of problems existing in a different type of medicine known as psychiatry Uh, the stats there are mind boggling at least to me they're mind boggling so you have to be so careful in these areas of male female relationships and it's it's very difficult because after all a human being has a a Yetzirahara and how do we overcome this? the Pitzchei Tshuva in Simen Chaf Aleph which is the simon which describes how we have to be so careful begins by telling us the Ma'od Ma'od the double lusher of Ma'od Ma'od must the person be careful to run away from any semblance of impropriety in male-female relationships I quote Lachain ma'od ma'od tzorich harofe lehizoresh yu kol machshavos of al etzem malachto for kol kavanos of ach v'rak b'avodoso avoda ha'kodesh Yes, there is a concept in halacha of a an uman is torid by He's so preoccupied with the difficulties, with the intricacies of his work, and I, I assume it certainly applies to dentists that their work in such small areas. You know, they're working within the, the small areas of the mouth that they should be preoccupied with, with their work and it should be completely identical to them from the way they're looking at the tooth whether the patient is th- their gender or the opposite gender it should make one bit of difference that's exactly what the postcom are saying over here see Virke Yosef asked the question in Yerodea how do we allow a, a woman to take care of a man who is sick? So, as we alluded to earlier, there's a discussion of the fact that perhaps the man, if he's sick, loses some of his Sahara. Yes and if we should extend that to a dentist, dental care, That's why we mentioned earlier, maybe even more strict in the case of a uh, woman dentist. This this is a whole discussion. But I believe it's, before getting into some of the details, the the, the preface is the most important part, the Hagdama. And, as a matter of fact, the Postcum say, that an individual who is entering into these into these fields ideally and I know that this is not always within a person's uh, ability should not enter into the field until, unless or until he or she is married because as a Chazal teaches a person who is married Pas salo, there is a certain lessening of of the Siesa that is actually quoted by the Poskim in this regard directly that uh, this again, if possible, should be done. It's not always possible. Let us turn our attention for a moment to the prohibition of yichud. Yichud means seclusion. We know that there is a prohibition cited in the Mishnah and the Gemara, in the Shulchan Aruch, Siman and Evin Ezer, which we know as yichud according to many Rishonim this is a Torah prohibition for Dinda others say it's the Rabbana the Rambam is so concerned about Yichud Hayichud this is a great cause for sin so how do you manage in the doctor's office or in the dentist's office to overcome the problem of yichud to male dentists and female patients or vice versa well there's a major dispute among the Polskim in the following case a man and a woman are alone in the room the door is closed but it's not locked what's the halach? If the, room, if the door is locked and no one else has the key that is a very serious violation of Yichud if the door is open and people can see in or walk in you assume there's no is of Yichud if the door is closed but unlocked there were three opinions some say it's Mutter some say it's Osir and some say it simply depends upon what is the custom in that particular locale whether it be in that office or in that house when people just feel comfortable to just knock and walk in I believe it's very important that dentists see to it that the Easter of Yichud doesn't take place in their office for a whole variety of reasons I'm not quite familiar with the exact legalities there are certain in certain states there are strict laws enacted, unfortunately because of the abuse that has been uh, reported there has to be someone else in the office there has to be a nurse a nurse has to be able to come into the room uh, and, and I'm not going giving to give into all the details it, could be, it may vary from state to state but we should always go what we call L'Chumra Moshe has okay. a shuv about this in which he says that as long as there are other people in the office the greater office there's an assumption that very likely someone will either walk in either authorized or unauthorized it can happen and the fact that it can happen may suffice to overcome the problem of, of Yichud there are those who are somewhat lenient and say that the physician is, is fearful of doing anything wrong because he can lose his license. And perhaps this may be a consideration to be permissive in these at least questionable cases of Yichud So I would like to read you my, my dear dentist a line from Rashley Muzam and Arabach, the the which is cited here. The original Shuva comes from the Tzitz Eliezer, who's lenient with respect to doctors. And Rashley Muzzaman writes, Sarachyan who knows what's going to happen perhaps the doctor may be afraid you, you're considering the fact that he's afraid of losing his, his, his clients, his patients, his business so listen to this his reductio ad absurdum type of reasoning achim came. So then you say it's to have with a lawyer? The a lawyer can also be afraid that someone will say something and it'll lose, it'll be disbarred. And then he throws in and other types of advisors, maybe you mean psychologists. Rofe and you mean to tell me it should be to have with a dentist also? I don't know what that means exactly <laughs> I think that Rosh is saying maybe a doctor is a, a, perhaps a greater leniency, maybe he's more afraid I'm not sure exactly what that means but there is a reference to dentists here explicitly in the Nishmas Avram this is in Hichas Yichud Evan Eze Simen Chav base. Rav Moshe's Shuvah which is cited here as well it's in Evan Eze Chel Iqdal Simon Simen at the beginning he says look if someone else is in the office don't worry, someone's going to walk in it's okay, not so bad however however if a woman is alone with the doctor and no more assistants or the nurses or hygienists or secretaries went home she should cancel the appointment that's what he said is Ramesh speaking you want to keep the appointment look what his idea is just take one of her sons no son is around bring her husband Okay, a date. You, know, you bring your husband to the dentist's office. He sits in the in the back, you know, in the outside room, and he sits and learns, or does his business. So we have to be be very careful. There is a heter of bala beir. Bala beir would be a heter in one of two ways. Either of the married female patient. Has a husband who's in town, or if the married female dentist has a husband in town. This heterobalabi ear is a pervasive heterobalabi According to it applies uh, even in circumstances where the husband is aware that the, that the wife is there, he's not uh, opposed to it, it doesn't matter. The most difficult thing, though, is how do you define ear? Is all of New York City one ear? So, for example, if the um, if the husband is in, in in Riverdale, and the wife is a patient or a dentist in Staten Island, oh, that's Balabia. But if she's in Fort Lee, ah, oh, that's, that's, that's that's a totally different a different state. Whereas from Riverdale you can get to Fort Lee in ten minutes, and Staten Island takes an hour some posts can say that's the way it is that if it's in the same city there's a kind of a more as opposed to something somewhat psychological in a different city some posts can suggest that if there was in fact telephone contact which they didn't have in those days between the husband and the wife and it's clear from the phone conversation that the husband is an hour away that perhaps the head of a would would not work it just, just is counterintuitive of the it works. Anyway, these are issues which are not limited to dentists, but certainly they are, are relevant in, in trying to figure out what to do in these difficult circumstances. Does Ishtobe here work? The wife is in town? So the post can have a compromise. if she's she's cruising in the neighborhood if she's around the neighborhood they say that's okay but just the fact that she's in the city which may be far away may not work because again psychological realities which the post can talk about in in, in general terms and of course they're relevant to uh, to dentists uh, as well the Dvar Halacha uh, one of the primary classical sources on Yichud written uh, 40-50 years ago what about ir gedola ma'od and two Ayaras near each other he calls the name of the who said that Tel Aviv and the entire all these distant uh, suburbs of Tel Aviv were one city but then in 1953 he considered Tel Aviv and Ramat Gan and Petah Tikva to be two separate cities at that time there was a gap between them perhaps now things have changed so that's how he That's how he felt. And if Shlomo Zalman says something very similar London, New York one city. So Rosner is the one who's quoted as saying So it's a problem. It's a problem. Because you know he's not there. He's nowhere to be seen. He's so far away. These are the issues of of Yichud. Of course, what is equally problematic with Halacha is not Yichud, which is found, as I mentioned earlier, in Simon Chav and evan Ha'ezer, but actual Nagiyah, as we call it today, physical contact between uh, a man and a woman, which is found in two places, in Simon Chav Aleph and evan Ha'ezer, and it's also found in Simon Kuf Tzadi in Yerudaya there the particular context is a husband and wife if she is a nida but some of the halachos which are found there uh, relate to our situation as well it's generally accepted that a negia a physical contact which is non-affectionate in nature shaloba derachiba is permissible Rabbi is a famous truth about riding the subways in rush hour which uh, he pushed around there with men and women in which he says it's, it's permissible however he also has a tshuva in which he questions whether handshaking is indeed in the category of shaloba derachiba. I believe the assumption of his of, the, of his uh, response is that if it were shaloba b'derachiba it would be permissible but I guess there are different kinds of handshakes so her Moshe was somewhat concerned so too with respect to a a physician or a dentist it must be crystal clear to both the practitioner and the patient that the negia that we're uh, describing is shalom vederachim it's simply a professional relationship and it's so so important that this distance be maintained Oh. The world we live in is, 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 uh, is so difficult. It's so difficult. Uh, so much permissiveness. And this permissiveness of the outside world uh, affects us, affects all of us. So we have to bend over backwards, even in a case in which there is a touching through a garment. It's problematic, and therefore, if the dentist has to, you know, so there are many procedures in which the hand of the dentist is touching uh, the the mouth of the of the patient and there thereabouts. So you have to be careful to make sure that it's purely a a which is viewed as shaloba baderachiba. you know, in as innocent a medical procedure as taking the pulse seems pretty uh, innocent to us, that's where the whole discussion is found. And there are some I'm not passing this way, but there are some who go as far as to say that taking the pulse of a man or woman where there's an iser of, of erva is actually a harag yava. Yes. There are those who, we, I'm, not, again, I'm not giving it the psak that way there are those who say that's too bad. You can't you can't take care of that patient, that it's just too bad. We don't accept that <laughs> so We assume that this is a Nagiya Shaloba der and it's permissible certainly to save a life and presumably even to uh, to offer other types of medical assistance. I quote again from Nishmas Avraham. V'har be'toli atzmo al Yitzro. That depends on the person himself or herself and the ability to overcome the the yitzra. Yes, there's this concept of v'malach tohu oseik, someone who is involved in professional. Activity. So, Pshalim Zalman writes about this. It's permissible. The person has to look, you know, look inside and see: Am I really able to overcome this yeter? And practice Lishem Shamayim. And here he quotes from Rav Neuvert, Shalita, Shatoviatem Efshah, Shayisa Isha, Lifneshu, Masma, Salimuzem, Savodim, Soaze, Kadeshia, Paskasala. Again, these are the comments I wanted to make about the issue of Nagia and Yichud as they relate to male slash female patients. Again, whether the physician is the dentist is male and the, and the patient female or the reverse these prohibitions are identical in fact I have to focus my attention in the second part of the Shia this evening on what I was originally asked to talk about which was the Kramzab of Chatzitza there's an entire simon in the Oredeia simon Kuv which is devoted to chatzita, to interruptions, which pose a halachic problem with respect to tevila vimikram. And dentists should be knowledgeable about some of the questions which come up, because even though you'll say, well, I, I don't have smicha, I can't paskin, I, I, don't, I don't really know, but you will be consulted, undoubtedly, by women patients who have these uh, difficult uh, questions and the, the, the more complex the procedure that you're doing, the more problems that exist. And you have to be prepared at least to give certain preliminary uh, answers. Say, listen, ask your Rav, but tell the Rav the facts are such, such, and such. Just to start the most extreme position once again. The Chai has a Chumrah which And they say either you have a husband or you have teeth they you can't have both <laughs> just the back the chayotam Paskins chokhmatsadam they say the chokhmatsadam klal kuf yutesh if yutesh and the binatadam yutesh that a filling constitutes a chassit they say that the, the Brisker women have no teeth because they, they have a machmal the chayotam and they just will refuse to have their teeth filled, and they have cavities so, never, just uh, they have the problems that Rav the Tashlita spoke about earlier at a much earlier age than than, the <laughs> than normal Rachmon <laughs> Um this opinion of the Achai Adam, although the Bidyan Si and Simon and Zion is quoted as saying something similar has not been accepted la at least in our time. Ram Moshe goes as far as to say that even the Chayoda would agree that the fillings of today are different than those that they had in Europe uh, t- two hundred years ago. They were smooth, and they uh, they would not constitute a a chatita. So again, I just was telling you that there exists an, an opposite opinion, but la la we accept universally, just about universally today, that a permanent filling does not constitute a chatit the more serious question is a temporary filling what's the luck of a temporary filling now we understand that a permanent filling is already considered part of the body but a temporary filling is not part of the body it's going to be replaced down the road in X number of days or weeks and therefore there is a serious question of chatit <laughs> many post are strict however in the Igris Moshe uh, Moshe Feinstein is lenient with respect to the uh, temporary fill. he gives actually three separate and distinct reasons to be lenient each one is relevant in, in, in other cases uh, as well so we'll just mention uh, briefly some of, some of the analysis not without reading through the entire chiva, that uh, Rav Moshe has it's in Yorodei Elik Aleph Simon. Sadi the reason that Rav Marcia relies upon the most is the fact that this temporary filling will ultimately be replaced by a permanent filling in the same spot and he gives a uh, uh, parallel in Hilchus Tavilas Kalim and Simon Reish Beis in the Ardea that if he's going to be replaced by something else it does not constitute a chatzitzah. That's what he relies upon primarily. And I guess this would apply to other types of uh, dental procedures as well. Not only only temporary fillings, which he's describing, but a whole series of procedures. If you're doing something, and I I don't want to go into the details, but if you have questions afterwards, we'll try to discuss them. If you're doing some kind of a dental procedure, and you put on something which is a, I think it's called a cap or some kind of a cover it may not be actually a temporary filling it may just be some other type of a, an interruption a chatitza but when you remove that you're going to replace in that very same spot with something which is permanent I believe that the of her would apply there as well so again whenever you put something there as a dentist and you can Tell, tell your female patient, yes, there's something there which is c- coming out in two weeks. But rest assured, that when I take that out, I'm putting something else in in that same place. According to Rabbi Moshe's logic, I believe, that would not be considered a halachli, a That's reason number one. Reason number two. At first glance, no filling should be a chatzitza. Why not? Because the rule of chatzitza is it has to be a Dover HaMakpid. Dover HaMakpid means something that you don't want it to be there. But a, a filling, whether permanent or temporarily, you very much want it to be there. If it's not there, it could lead to infection, it could cause pain. So therefore, it should be no problems to begin with. What's, what's the whole issue over here? The answer to that is found in the Dinah Shulchan Aruch at the beginning. Of Simon Kuftsari Ches that he quotes in the name of the rivet. The rivet paskins that let's take a ring. A woman has a ring. And she wants to wear a ring. Let's say it's, it's a wedding band. And she likes to wear the wedding band. And she really wants it on her finger. But she takes it off occasionally. For example, when she needs dough, she removes the ring, so the dough shouldn't ruin the ring, or the ring shouldn't ruin the dough says derived it, based upon the and in in the Sekta with respect to certain kinds of ribbons in the hair, things of this nature, that even though right now she wants the ring to be there, but since at some future time she does not want the ring to be there, it may constitute a chatzitza. This may fit, as the uh, later Akmonim say, with a line which Rashi has. Rashi has a line that the reason why something is, is, uh, is not considered to be a chatzitsa, if you're not Machbit, is because it's botel legufo, It's considered to be secondary to the body, and therefore it's considered halachically insignificant. One could argue, it's only botel to the body if it's there p- permanently. But if you're going to remove it, perhaps it's not botel. Later, Mepharshim go into some of the nitty gritty of when this applies and when it does not apply. Noda Behuda, for example, discusses, based on a, a Gemara in Masechta Yavamis, an interesting Gemara. Gemara talks about a pregnant woman who undergoes Tevila for Geras purposes. And the question is is the fetus in utero? would that tevila be effective for that, for that ubar? and the Gemara says yes Hainu that's rivisayu the, that's, the, that's the the baby needs the mother otherwise the baby cannot survive of course the question is the baby needs the mother now but the baby doesn't need the mother in three months from now the baby needs the mother should, should not be there so this is a quote from the Nota Behuda even she kodim's man leida ein makpedes. The ein zedo mal shar dvarim. Not comparable to the case of the of the rivet of the of the ring of the mission of the ribbon and the hair. De bahanu emhoysa ato rotsa lalu sholocha for lirchots If she decided to need the dough now or to wash her hair now, she'd want to remove those that ring or those ribbons it's not up to the fetus to determine when a full term is when it's time to come out so perhaps in that kind of an instance the rival would agree that it's not a chatitza even though at a later time you would want that other item to be removed and the question is, how how, do you, how far do you go with that? Reb Moshe is a true about that. He says, you know, kneading dough can happen in a, in a flash. No, not today. Today, many women don't need, need dough at all. First of all, they don't they, they don't bake, or well, if they bake, they're only baking uh, with soft batter. And if they're baking, they have a Kitchen Aid, or so they're, they're, they're not kneading anything. I don't know what what happens today in today's world, but in the old days, you got an impression, you know. Well, what did Abraham here tell Sarah? Lushi ego, vice Okay, go, quick. Guests just walked in, Need the dough, and then make some make some challah. Uh, so and at a moment's notice, it could happen. Guests walk in, you have to make them, so they, they, they did it on. Mm-hmm. So it could happen at any moment. So Ramosh says, it could happen at any moment. That's why it's considered a chatiza, even though right now, mm-hmm. I would like to have the ring on my finger. But since at any moment, things could change, it's considered to be a Chatzitzah. As opposed to a situation which we know full well that this item must be there for the foreseeable future. Even though we know that later on you'd want it to to be removed, perhaps it would not be a Chatzitzah. That's one of the considerations which, which is uh, re- relevant to a temporary filling the doctor says this filling must be in for two weeks because that's that's what the dental practice calls for and I'm I'm not a dentist but I imagine these things type of procedures exist has to be there for two weeks for whatever reason and for two weeks no one can touch it and then in two weeks after whatever I did before uh, somehow has been settled in for two weeks then it's the time to take it out and put in a new one. Not before two weeks. So there's a possibility that even according to the raivet, this would not constitute a Khatit. That's Rabbi second line of reasoning. He's not convinced that it's, it's quite so, but it's a possibility. <laughs> this is of course relevant to many other situations which we have to deal with. One of the thorniest situations that dentists deal with, stitches the stitches constitute a chatita while well, this is not, in no way limited to dentists it applies to, to doctors as well but since this is for dentists we'll try to limit ourselves to to, to dentistry and I should add well, you, have, you have something going for you dentists because dentists are dealing as uh, a rule within the mouth and the mouth is what we call a base hastorin it's an inner chamber of the body as a matter of fact when a woman goes to the mikvah she need not open her mouth she goes with her mouth closed. So at the first glance, what are we talking about? The water is not going to get into her mouth anyway. So what, 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 what's this whole discussion? However, the Gemara explains that although there's no need for the water to go into the mouth, into the base of starim, but we require what we call royal nine. The, the, the surfaces have to be fit for the water to come into. If, if she would open her mouth, the water should be able to get in. And that's why these for example, the Mishnayim talk about a, a tooth that's caught between, excuse me, a bone that's caught between two teeth as constituting a, a chatzitzah. Because even though the water is not going to get into the mouth anyway, but it won't get in even if she does open the mouth because of, the, of, the, of that bone. Now. So what about these, these stitches? some suggest that the din of royal libya s'mayim is a din de rabona and, and we can be a little bit more lenient in, in doubtful cases others say no, it's a din de raisa so what is a din of stitches? so there are two kinds of stitches and again at the end of the questions please correct me if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm totally wrong there are dissolvable stitches and non-dissolvable stitches dissolvable stitches, according to many, if not most, Poskim, do not constitute a and the reason is quite clear. What does it mean, makpid? Makpid, as the Rishonim say, means you're to take it off, to eliminate it, to remove it. Either you want to remove it now, or you want to remove it later, but you want to remove it. As opposed to a dissolvable stitch, which, again, if, if I'm not incorrect over here, you don't have to remove it. A certain amount of time passes and it just sort of dissolves by itself. I don't know, either, either you just sort of fall out or maybe you swallow it. I don't know how much it dissolves stitches at the end of the day, but since there's no peda, you don't want to remove it come a week or two weeks from now, perhaps it would not constitute a chattitza uh, whatsoever. However, after speaking to a number of dentists in the shadows that I get, I find that I think most of the time they're using non-dissolvable stitches. Uh, I'm not sure if maybe maybe the the examples that I'm giving are not typical, I didn't do do a survey I I would ask if a dentist is is dealing with a married female patient and all of the things are equal it would be wise to uh, use dissolvable stitches because you're saving any kind of halakhic problems it would be a good thing to do however, let's say you can't, you have to use regular stitches which have to be pulled out so Ramosh has an etshuva which he discusses the possibility that stitches do constitute a khatit. there's a long literature about this I'm just going to give you one source a very wonderful sefer called the Bare HaShulchan by Fiebel Cohen Shlita from, from Brooklyn he has a uh, volume uh, called Hilchus Tavila the majority of which deals with precisely this topic of Chatzitza he discusses this issue the issue of stitches number one there's room for some leniency because apparently some stitches are not that tight the water can actually get under the stitches if that's the case then it wouldn't constitute a Chatzitza uh, to begin with if, if that is true if that is true, failing that, assuming that there's no give and the water cannot get under the stitches, he said it's a Who are these? Who are these He says as follows. The Ksaf Sofer says that the reason why we consider a bandage to be a chatita retia, as quoted in and Sif Yud. Is because the patient will intermittently remove the bandage to see, hey, what's doing under there? So because of that, it's considered to be a chatzitzah. But if you had a case in which the patient will not, and certainly a case in which the patient cannot sanely <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> remove the, the, the stitches, then that would not be a chatitza. Again, part of the reason we mentioned earlier, along the lines of our Moshisvara, that <laughs> the doctor says, the dentist says, these stitches have to be there for two weeks, don't you dare touch these, these, these stitches. So then, a to of the Ksav Sofa would not be considered to be a, a chatitza. The Tzemach Tzedek, however, has a stricter view. He considered it to be a chazitis, and ultimately he's going to want to remove it. It's hard to know how to pass in such a shalom, which depends upon the, the, the Gedolei Achronim. It seems to me that what we call the Mokham Tzorech, what is a need, and how one defines the need, is a rabbinical decision, I believe, depending on the knowledge of the patients, depending on uh, so many other considerations. Is it just a matter of waiting for a day, or is it, is it waiting going through the whole cycle? Uh, there's a lot of considerations, but I believe that when uh, the, the rabb feels it's necessary to adopt a more lenient position, that he has the right to do so. Again, it's a presumably it's a shalva derabbanon because even if it's considered to be Makbid, it's a miuta Makbid. A miuta is is mid It's only the minority of the of the of the mouth, and some say bichlal that the whole idea of Khati in the mouth, even if it would be a robe, it would still be dirabona. The and therefore, since this is such a, a dispute among the Gadoli Apolskin, <coughs> I believe one has the right to be lenient when when necessary. The Bari Ashokan cautions us, and this is a very important line, and it's a very important for dentists to be sensitive. we have a dinner here with thank God a wonderful group of, of Orthodox dentists who are sensitive to the to the Halakha. The only time they have a right to be lenient with respect to stitches and the, and the like is when these stitches are still functioning. What do I mean by that? I'd like to read you a, a very short excerpt from the Sefer, Bari uh, HaShulcha. This is what he says the hotel Now, B'aray Hashofim, for those who learn it, is not known for that many leniencies. But here he is lenient. He throws in some kind of a a 30-day uh, rule. But that 30-day that rule is not meikar eredin. It's just because he he's, doesn't consider it to be such a tremendous tzorech in less than 30 days. Maybe that's in Brooklyn. But... Uh, Perhaps in our communities one can say it, it's even even less than thirty days. But then he has four words. Im five words. Im lo polo adayin If the stitches haven't achieved what they're said to achieve, and she still needs them. So what does that mean? I've had cases where the only reason the stitches are still in her mouth this is because the doctor, the dentist is on vacation and he's not coming back for two weeks but really had the dentist been been there he would have taken him out after one week or maybe it's a long Thanksgiving weekend and then no hours Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday and then four days but really and she wants to go to the mikvah in the middle of those four days and really the time is up but the dentist is not available so then it's considered to be a chatzitza because those stitches are no longer doing what they're supposed to be doing frankly she'd really want them out but she, but she just can't get them out that's where an orthodox dentist should uh, be very sensitive to that and, and be ready to be uh, available even in a situation in which normally there are no office hours in some communities there is a, a group of dentists and we try to have female dentists to be in effect on call mikvah emergencies the most common thing. Someone was flossing and the floss got stuck between the teeth. I've gotten these charlots. can't can't get it out the mikvah lady, all the king's horses and all the king's men. They can't get the, can't get the dental floss out from between the teeth. It's a serious halakhic charlots. Although it may be, be viewed as inconsequential but she feels it in there. She wants it out. That's a question of, of being mocked on it. So it, you may require actually a dentist's tools to to remove it, so she goes to the dentist's office. The dentist—that's yeah, that, what has to happen. Uh, uh, I guess if it's a female dentist, she can come to the mikvah and, 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 and do it there. But of course, sensitivity and discretion is required. But uh, it's a good idea for rabbonim to have on their on their rolodex uh, the cell phones of the of the female dentist in town, because these kinds of questions come up uh, from time to time, and we should be sensitive to them. What's the halacha? if you're not sure whether the stitches have quote lo Paul who I pool you're simply not sure I'll tell you a story which is uh, to this day gives me pause I once received a phone call from a dentist he was calling me from uh, a typical call Friday late afternoon he was calling me from out of town and it was a, one of those long distance calls and he says you know my wife wants to go to the for tonight and uh, she has stitches. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I didn't look at the clock. I, I'm ending now. I, I apologize. I don't want to go over time. We'll just end with this story. No, I don't like it. No clock in front of the uh, speaker here. I um, <laughs> guess this is a good rabbi. <laughs> 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 so, So so, um, so he's called me and said, you know, the stitches count to the Hasidah. So I told him, listen, I believe that we have, we have a right to be lenient as long as the, the stitches are still functioning from a medical perspective that uh, they, can, they can be made on the Shailah. So he asked what does that mean, Rabbi? Stitches are still functioning. So I said, what that means is that if you remove the stitches at this point in time the wound hasn't healed. And if the wound hasn't healed Khalilah, you pull the stitches out early you could be bleeding and infections and who knows what. He says, yeah, but I'm not sure. I'm a dentist, he says, and I'm not sure whether the whether the stitches have uh, done their job, and just waiting for the for the next appointment, you know, or the stitches are still necessary. I said, listen, I, you know, I'm not a dentist. I told him, I, I would say that we have to be lenient, which is what I think, because if you're not sure, so then she wants it to be I found out later the, the most incredible thing happened this guy was a of a <laughs> he told his wife I, said, I, I, I don't know I, I, I'm not sure so she said okay so postpone the tequila smart wife said, you, you, you want to be so we'll no he thinks we shouldn't postpone the tequila because he once read somewhere they're not allowed to postpone the tequila <laughs> the kids have when I'm told they took out I don't know, he or she took out the stitches and it was not not pretty not pretty for shalom Bayez and not pretty for the dentistry so this is something which we should not do. So my, my time and my official time is already over. I apologize for going a little bit late. But if there are a few questions, I feel free to leave. I don't want to hold anyone captive audience. But if someone wants to ask a few questions, uh, I'll be happy to try to to answer them. Yes, sir. Please speak loud. Someone can hear you. Uh, Rav Moshe does suggest a little bit in distinguishing between our fillings and the Chayodams that those days it went above the tooth and now it's even with the tooth. He does suggest that only to say that the Chayodam would be make up But I wouldn't use that in I wouldn't say that if the crown extends a little bit above the tooth that we have no right to, to be lenient. Because from my understanding, there are also these kind of permanent crowns which are always going a little bit above the tooth. Is that, is that a correct statement? So you wouldn't say that's a Chassizah. So, therefore, you have a temporary crown which can be f- then replaced by a permanent crown. So, if the permanent crown is on a chassis, I, I would say the same applies to the temporary crown. That's what I would say. Yes, Tov? Is there a time limit to what we consider temporary? We have many provisional restorations that we keep in the mouth for a long duration of time. You're asking according to the Machmirim. Month, according to the right, according to the Machmirim. Again, Rabbi Five Cohen has a shear of one month, 30 days. He, he himself said, that's not, that's not, Allah, He's trying to make an estimate of what's a shah you and know, how long to keep the couple separated from each other. That, 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 that's it is. No, I, I think even the Machmirim, in theory, would be Machmir, even if it's six months, in theory. But I would not uh, uh, adopt that view. you. I would not adopt that view. you. I, 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 you know, I, I just realized, I was not, I didn't do a Rav Shekhtashleet's aspirinism, which is discussed great. So just give me a minute. When it comes to braces, the poskim say as follows, if the braces serve a medical function, they need it uh, from the orthodontic perspective, medically, whatever that means, it does not constitute a, a chatzit, although you have to be very careful to clean around the braces. However, they call this from Rav Yashiv that if it's purely for cosmetic purposes, he's not so sure. But the good news is, but I read one of the svarim, that they claim that even the quote unquote cosmetic orthodontia does have dental <coughs> slash medical benefit. Is that true? Well, let's take a vote. Well, then, is that true? <laughs> who says yes? I'm sure. Who, who says no? Brochashev. Okay, so that's, <laughs> I was worried about that a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody else is concerned about everybody else, but, it, but I, when I read that, I was, felt a little bit confident. Yes, sir. I asked that question last night. Is that the dentist's uh, position to tell the patient, you know, you have a Khatita problem? Um, yeah. I believe, according to what we said, Almost in almost every case that we're discussing, there will be at least one opinion which is lenient. I, I can't think of anything which you're doing, which, again, I don't know all the dental procedures, where you're doing something which is in the mouth, which is not permanent, which you're going to remove and not replace it with anything else uh, and it's not that critical to 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 the uh, the healing process and which a person can just pull out at any moment you don't have too many of those so although there are those who will be as a I don't believe you have an acharayat given the fact that in, in just about every case there will be at least some that will Will be lenient uh, if you can find, construct a case with going to be a or the choladeis and the patient is unaware of it. Then I believe you may have some t- type of uh, disclosure responsibility from a halachic perspective. Yes. I believe, I believe, you know, we're learning Shabbos this year in the yeshiva, but we haven't gotten to this yet. (laughs) We're going to get there. I believe there's grounds to be lenient. Uh, That something is sewn into the body that shouldn't be a problem. Yes, sir. You're talking about taking the pulse, it seems to me that there are—I mean, what I see in hospitals on the occasion—there are remote ways of so not having to touch the person. I mean, you get your pulse done by uh, other means. it May be more difficult, may not be as accessible, but it seems that should be considered. Very good. Uh, I will not comment on remote pulses. I don't know uh, how that's done, but I will comment on your first your first question. Uh, yes, all other things being equal, I repeat. All other things being equal, certainly, since you're so, so fraught with, with, with complication, uh, a female should seek out a female dentist, and a male should seek out a male dentist. But I've learned that usually all of the things are not equal,
1: <laughs> for a
0: whole innumerable reasons. Perhaps the male or female is more capable, inspires more confidence, is more convenient, I won't go into price now, but uh, take the right insurance. Yeah, that's what I meant. These things are considerations, and the post do take these things into account. Just to give you an example, which is not, if you know, it's on point, although it's somewhat, or a little bit off, the post and talk about the various harachokos, the baal nida. So they say that if, the, if he's sick, she can do this, and she's sick, he can do that. So they discuss the possibility. What do you mean? Hire a full-time male nurse or female nurse. So I can't afford it. It's intruding to my privacy. So they, they, they post are, have sensitivities to these types of needs. You have a dentist that you know that is, is a competent dentist. The whole family uses him. All your sons use him. I have a daughter. She has changed dentists. She wants to go to the same dentist that everybody else goes to because the, the dentist inspires confidence. I, I would speaking from my own family experience and the dentist is in the room. So the males go to the dentist. The females go to the dentist. The, it's a male dentist. And we're very, very happy with that wonderful dentist. <laughs> yes. Uh, two questions. Firstly, uh, are people in dental school working on each other in a practice uh, mode. Yeah, listen, uh, being in dental school does not a, is not part of you from keeping the mistress. You have to try uh, to be very careful in, in dental school as well. For the country, it's more dangerous there because you have people, you know, in close contact with each other over a lengthy period of time. Yeah, that this those who either from the Either from the TV sitcoms or from the from real life, a lot of things happen. That's why in many areas Hatzalah won't allow won't allow women. It, it's 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 not crazy. Uh, this is it's not just some Williamsburg uh, excess. There have been too many stories. So people who are in close contact, especially under pressure when they're taking care of patients, uh, there are these kinds of these, uh, these kinds of uh, temptations do exist. Yeah, I think you have to be more careful in dental school than, than, than uh, pens, patients going in and out like a uh, revolving door. Secondly, uh, yeah, uh, I'm in dental school with my wife and she's taking the boards and she wants to know if I could assist her in terms that she'll be more comfortable if when the boards occur she may or may not be able to sign the son of That is a very difficult question because in Shulchan has it's quoted in day Kuf Hey we are more strict with respect to husband and wife when she's a nida then for example with respect to just a man and woman who are not married to each other we gave an example before Nagiyah Shaloba Derechibah so it's accepted by Rav Moshe and others that's mutter but for, for your own wife when she's neither it's prohibited even beyond that we go for Darachot so uh, you know <laughs> I don't want to get involved in how you handle this one but uh, <laughs> to me it is a potential problem I won't say more than that. Yes. Does the ease of removal of a temporary material does that play into it at all? Yes, it does play because the the ksav one of the, the considerations is that you just can't remove it. You can't remove it, so that that, 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 that he's much more lenient. A certain temporary materials can be made that it's so easy to literally fling out of a tooth. And that. that that would be a little bit more strict. I'm not sure if the ksav Sofa's as would apply in that kind of a case. He uses two phrases. Either you can't remove it or you won't remove it. Now, there are two different nuances. In most cases, I would say both apply. You won't and you can't. In your case, perhaps you only have the won't you don't have the can't. Yes? In the, engaged, the, wearing gloves, that the post can, are very careful not to give any broad leniency. They're wearing gloves they can do whatever they want. They don't say that. <laughs> but at the same time, they're, they're, for good reason but at the same time I believe that the gloves is a reason for leniency as a matter of fact classical post-comerary going back uh, 40 years are discussing the, that if you're stuck in a situation they're talking about certain uh, difficult problems of a husband and a wife if she, she's in need done in one of them is sick or other such situations they advocate wearing gloves I believe all dentists wear gloves now am I correct? And even though they're latex gloves they don't have the same they can still you know uh, obviously you can feel well through them Afopikin, I believe that that is a, an additional reason for, for some measure of leniency yes you say that home, Lerothen, like an oh no I didn't say that I didn't say that <laughs> could it apply to a density <laughs> maybe not <laughs> 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 on that light note I wish you a good night I hope there will be a minute for Marev uh, afterwards